You're listening to Very Loose Women. Good evening, listeners. You're listening to Very Loose Women on Resonance. I'm Antonio, and I'm here in the studio with my fellow presenters, Sola, and our producer, Leo. So now we're talking about job hunting, but first, celebration and frustrations. My celebration is very topical for Resonance 104.4 FM <laughs> because it is Resonance 104.4 FM's <laughs> fundraising week. Yeah. I repeat it just in case on podcast, we didn't catch that. Um, yeah, if you like this show, we are obviously not paid for it. We use the studio at Resonance every week. We love having <laughs> a studio-based show uh, because I feel like it really makes the environment and the conversation come alive the live deadline and all of that and the only reason we're able to do that is because we're part of resonance fm's programming i'm aware that we also podcast so thank you to acos for that but the root of the show the way that we make the show is a studio made show and that's thanks to resonance so if you like the show if you like resonance fm's output either side of this as well there's club integral um just after us any of the wonderful and surprising things that you find on resonance fm then please donate either through resonance fm's fundraising website fundraiser.resonance.fm so yes thank you for listening and also thank you to all of those people who've already donated we really appreciate it last episode we were talking about veganism And I realised a frustration today. When you're out and about and towards the end of the day, my frustration is that I couldn't find anything vegan that was like a, a wholesome meal, that I like a ready meal or, or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to have what I used to have before I was vegan. And I was just like, pot noodle. But um, I was frustrated because, A, I had not done the planning, but also, B, although there's such a, a, a wider range of products now, it still got to the end of the day and there was, like, nothing I could eat. So yeah. I had to do the... As a celiac, I fully understand how you feel. The, yeah. the, the feeling. Well, um, I guess I, I'm celebrating this week because I had a job interview uh, yesterday. Um, I didn't panic, so... Good. It well was, done. It was yeah. great. I mean, I guess the frustration is still doing job interviews, so yeah. I guess. Well, well, we'll get on to that a lot more today. Topical. Yeah. John, did you have a celebration or a frustration? Is your celebration also Resonance Fundraising Week? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And uh, the frustration is that all the money hasn't already been raised. Um, so, yeah, absolute <laughs> disaster. <laughs> The reason I chose this topic is because I think it's important to talk about how stressful it is, the job hunting and looking for a job. I found the whole task like emotionally draining. It's 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 way too much sometimes. I've been looking for a job for the last six months and during that time I find very hard not having like a very destructive behavior sometimes because it really messes up with your self-esteem. I think to begin with, I would like to know which is the longest period you've been unemployed or like looking for a job. I think for me, it's been a half a year, maybe a bit longer. And then it always gets to the point where it's like, I can't deal with this anymore. You know, you feel like when you're just sat at home or at the library and, and looking, that's that can be incredibly draining. So then I'll go and just get a, a job in a shop or something like that. But also at the moment, I'm technically freelance, so I'm self-employed. I really hate the insecurity that comes with that. It doesn't feel like a full-time job 
by any means. I am still actively looking for a full-time job because it's going to give me the security that I'm looking for. I um, graduated in 2009. Basically, there were no jobs. So everyone had taken a rung down from what they were well, expecting. that was like prime time recession. Exactly, like yeah. right into the rece- recessions. It was, it was just like a whole chain of, that just means that loads of people were left unemployed. So I came to London. First of all, I left university, uh, went home, well, sort of home. I went, went to stay with one of my parents in Paris for a little while and then got a job teaching in China. When I came back, I was like, oh, I'm going to move to London, get a job. And in my head, that was really easy. And it took about three and a half months to find a job and initially it was a very partially paid internship and at the end of sort of yeah at the end of two months I think they said oh well how about extending this internship and I was like no (laughs) either like I get a job or and they gave me a job off the back of that which um, I feel like it's important to recognize that that you know I could only do because I had money to be able to pay for that Mm -hmm. Um, and it's not it shouldn't be legal to do that I actually stayed in that job for three years and um, I was really really scared of quitting because I knew how hard it was to find a job and I think for everyone in my generation I'm 31 finding a job is something a little bit insurmountable and something that is not easy to do because we all graduate. It's it's like, I think it scarred a whole generation. Mm. And when I quit, I was actually unemployed for nine months. So I was doing like little jobs here and there, but essentially I, I didn't like have income in that time. And I had a full-time job for three years, so I was okay. It was really, uh, like you say, all of the things that you described, Antonio, uh, like the self, my self-esteem took a real hit. I didn't know who I was either because I was one very young, but also not having a job. You don't know who, what you do. Um, and I hated people asking me, what do you do? I found that a really stressful question because I just never knew what to say. And it was just, it's really taught me how to be by myself now for long periods of time, but it was really horrible also. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. the what do you do question for me is like very impressive because, well, I'm from Spain and that's not a question that people ask. Really? I, it's, it's not because it's impolite. It's just because it's like people don't care what do you do for mm, a living. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it was like really shocking every time that I was introducing myself. People was like, so what do you do for a living? And yeah. it's like, and at the beginning, I was like, why do you care? Like, <laughs> it's complicated, I guess. It's different, like, cultural differences. Laurie couldn't make it today, as you may have noticed, one of our regular contributors. So I'm just going to play a little clip. Here it is. Good evening, lovely listeners. This is Florrie here, and as you can probably tell, I'm not in the studio. I'm out and about. I'm just about to go and see the streets at Brixton 02, so I'm very excited. I got free tickets, so I couldn't pass the opportunity up. But I'm sending you this little voice note. My view is that the you know it's a full-time job in itself to look for work, so um, it's exhausting. Just the thinking about careers and where you want to be in your life is tiring anyway. And the fact that you might have to deal with rejection as well at some point is also difficult. There's a lot of there's kind of a time in your life when you don't have a job and you're looking for work that you kind of question your career choices decisions you've made maybe if you've studied something you question that was that the right decision so yeah it can definitely impact really badly on your mental health thanks for that laurie and we do hope she's enjoying the concert today i do think it's important to mention how much more of a struggle it is finding work can be for those who are already in poverty the hardship of people who have to work maybe three different jobs to support themselves those who are considered the working poor so they're still 
the people who are in poverty but still work. When you're in that position, it can feel very desperate, especially when those support systems aren't in place, when maybe state support benefits are delayed or don't cover the cost of living. So it's definitely a privilege to have things like the so-called bank of mum and dad or the ability to live rent-free with family. I wanted to ask what support we've had in that respect that has helped us along and, you know, made it much less difficult for us. I think it's a super important question because I think even though I graduated into the recession, I had a huge head start. So I had pretty exceptional education. Financially, I've been in a privileged position. I think that anyone who's had to work three jobs in order to pay rent, I can't say that I've ever been in that position. Mm -hmm. I've always had like a support system. Like I've always been incredibly stingy, but I think it's my own. It's not because of outside limitations. Mm -hmm. It's because I'm... I hate being reckless with money. I think that that has changed the sorts of questions that I ask myself. So throughout my 20s, I've always said, I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what I want to do. And I think if I had been in a situation where I can't pay rent, I wouldn't have have the privilege to ask myself that question. I wouldn't be able to say, what is it that I want to do what makes me happy because that's not even sort of I guess on the cards Mm. if if you're trying to feed yourself I totally recognize the privilege that I come from I mean I know that in case that I need like help or anything I can always call my parents or even call Mm. my friends or my partner like I've never been in such a position where um, I've had to work but I know that I have family members who have done that and You know, my nan has, you know, when I talked to her about um, growing up and things like that, um, she was in a a position where um, there was a lot of hardship. And, um, you know, she's always said that she hopes that that it never happened to her children and that it never happens um, to her grandchildren either. So I think there's, in that respect, I definitely see that... This is what life is like for people, not just in the 1950s and 60s, but it's happening now. Frankly, it shouldn't be happening. And I think it's all of our collective responsibility to, to consider that and not judge people for that. Uh, yeah, I've, I've never actually sort of been in the position financially where I sort of had a lot of uh, family backing, I guess. So I have actually sort of always had to support myself with rent well only since finishing uni which it honestly hasn't been that long um but in the particular field that i want to work in it's it's quite difficult to get actual paid work before you've got because you don't have experience mm. um, just before she left sarah who's the station manager here here was talking about the experience loop um, yes yes where yeah exactly what you're talking about yeah um so often i find that it's difficult because i have to do a job that i don't want to put too much time into you know, work full time. And then when I get home, I'm, I'm too exhausted to work on getting out of this job. And also sometimes they ask that I put in my own personal time for this job. And it's kind of like, well, so I don't. The deal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the whole reason I'm here is so that I, I can financially support myself to get to the next step. But it's so difficult to make that when you don't have the time. Mm. And yeah, so it's quite a difficult situation. And what are the challenges that you find in the experience of job seeking? For me, the biggest struggle is my confidence. I mean, I totally understand that I come from with an emotional baggage and like my low self-esteem is also like part of that. But in general, like, when I'm looking for 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 a job, it's, it's like it just rockets like like how, how I feel. I, and I, I, I doubt about myself all the time and so, so, so much. So. I think similarly, confidence is a massive thing. Um, there's a lot of worry 
with applying with the whole job application process you know you do the application oh is it good enough and if it gets through to a stage where you've got a job interview and you worry about the interview and then after you've done in the interview and they don't tell you straight away I'm in a position like that I had a job interview just last week and I'm still waiting to hear and you just want to know um, so that you can then move on to the next to the next thing I think also a lot in journalism specifically you can see who got the job although I it it pains me to say it but a lot of the time that person is a very specific type of person they're a very privileged kind of middle class white guy who probably went to Oxbridge and he has this kind of self-entitlement and you know it it does get you down because you think I don't fit into this box and every time I get the feedback it's all oh, you know you interviewed great but you didn't have enough experience. And so you think, well, you know, why haven't I not got enough experience? Is it because there's a system in place which prioritises other people over me and it just becomes well, what, this whole exactly cycle. what John was talking about, the, the experience loop. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I have been trying to write this application for, for a job that's due tomorrow and I'm usually really quick with job applications, but this one is like one that seems really incredible so I've been putting my back into it and yeah for my self-esteem it's like who am I like what can I say <laughs> you know like it's it's like because you have to like reach into yourself and offer it up to someone who doesn't yeah. know you it's and a you very have to do personal the thing process. where it's like I'm amazing yeah. and I find that so difficult <laughs> but you're so humble yes. yeah it's a tough one <laughs> it's also helpful for like a kind of moment to take stock and think about who you are I guess mm. um, but that's a very painful process that's maybe better done at the therapist's office <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the initial question, the challenges of job seeking. I'm, like right now I'm freelance and I have like a main employer, which means that I, I I can get to a certain amount each month without feeling too stressed about that, which I I really, really am so grateful for that. Um, but I'm also always in in the constant state of what I like to call my hustle, uh, <laughs> where I'm like always trying to look for other things that I can expand to and learn. And that's one of the things that I wanted to do with freelancing. So I'm really grateful that I got to do it, but it does mean that you have to be constantly alert and it's quite tiring also. What uh, Soila was saying about this moment of like waiting and waiting to, to answer for them is kind of something that really freaked me out. It's this kind of like passive position that you have in something that you care a lot is like getting that position is it's for me it's got no control yeah Yeah. for me it's 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 really 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 complicated because as also i don't know how to deal with that emotion i think and this is just my own personal quirk um and i don't know if it's helpful to anyone else but when i have the same attitude when i would go into exams at school when i got out and everyone would be doing post-mortem i'd just be like well it's not in my hands now (laughs) i just sort of like would walk walk out not really ever think of that exam again and it's the same with job applications i send it off and i'm like well not my problem and then i don't i don't really think about it again i like i don't know how i formatted my brain like that i think it's because i used to be really good at exams and i would just like i really trained myself up to them so i was like you got to work before and not after was my rule did, did you have a fear yeah yeah i was just saying i felt exactly the same everyone would be so frustrated when we finished the exam that they couldn't hear straight away and i was like well you know, I like the fact that I've got two months where you it doesn't matter. It. I don't have to worry about, about you know, my revision anymore. It's just waiting for the result. There's nothing I can do to change it. Yeah. And also with the, the job application thing, I kind of, when I've applied for that job, I, I kind of like that week because it's kind of like I don't have to feel bad for, for not doing much because I'm like, well, there's a possible job going on somewhere. <laughs> it's so, working uh, in the background. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know. Yeah, exactly. um, but I think that's just because I'm, 
kind of a lazy optimist. That's probably what it is. <laughs> and how do you deal with these really weird questions that they ask you in the interviews? Like, like yeah, uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Or why did you apply for this position? Because literally, I mean, I'm not joking, every time that I say that, I can see in my mind a tiny pinhead twerking. Like, seriously, it's like... <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and, and yeah, for me, it's really complicated. And the five-year question is just like, I just, the only thing that I know for sure in five years is that I'm going to be married to Saka from. It's a good vision for all of us. Um, I think I actually don't mind those kinds of questions because they encourage me to think in the long term. And I think they make me think about my own kind of hopes and ambitions for the future. It's important that I have that and that I keep going and I keep thinking, well, what is it that I want to be doing? What if this doesn't work out? Will I try something else? So I don't mind those questions. It's kind of the other kind of weird, you know, the kind I've of horror asked, questions. Like in, in a job interview to do mental arithmetic in a journalism interview. <laughs> and I was like, what? what is going on? I'm terrible at this. Nowhere was this asked in the application. And I like, I think I proved that because they asked me questions and they didn't tell me the answer. So they were just, <laughs> and I'm like, I have no idea about anything in mental arithmetic. I was like, we have calculators for a reason. I was that kid. I took the literary section like I know that I can't do it in my head and I'm ashamed of it and I was not like I knew that I was gonna fail I that was just oh it was horrifying but also what are you gonna do in five years stressful question because I don't think in journalism it's possible to say that in, in, I mean well I mean I don't know I come from the fine arts so yeah for me it's yeah. like what I'm gonna do in five years I don't know probably I don't know I don't know drawing yeah. <laughs> how do you deal and what kind of things do you do when you are like working and how do you kind of disconnect from that because for me it's it's those six months have been really, really complicated every time and then having not working yeah and having f no but also like like disconnecting from the whole job seeking like mm -hmm. like it, it's for me it's like every time that I was not like in front of like a you know my, my laptop just like mm -hmm. typing and asking for things is that it was like Oh my god! I, why am having fun in a pub? Mm. Like what? What I'm doing here? Like, I shouldn't. Yeah, I shouldn't be here. And mm. yeah, I don't know how, how. How do you deal with that? Netflix has like a switch off button connected to my brain, where oh. I just like turn off as soon as it turns on, which is really <laughs> convenient. But but it means that I feel guilty after that as well. Like when I, I, think I do that. The important thing is finding little things where you feel like you've made progress during yes. that day. Oh my gosh, that's so, so true. For yeah. me, if I've had a driving lesson and I've yeah. done that, I'm like, okay, I've achieved something. Yeah. Or if I handed to sort out my bookshelf or wash up, it can be as small as that. And those little things can make you feel like okay i've made i've done something today i don't need to feel guilty about then watching eastenders later on at night yeah yeah because it is all guilt related i yeah. um i took up drumming when i turned 30 and just like the the idea of like having learned a new drum beat that i could do was something i taught my hands like <laughs> i was like that's a success for today that's fine exactly so, it's, the little, yeah. it's the little kind of successes that's, i think they're important so to keep you sticking by but it's really hard to keep that rigor even in the little things when you're that's feeling terrible about yourself mm. okay I think we just get to the end you've been listening to Various Women you can find us on Twitter at VLW Radio and Facebook and Instagram find our previous shows at acas.com and other podcast places I produce tonight's show Leo and Zoila co-producer joint engineer at Resonance FM thank you so much for tuning in and good night everybody good night, good night.